Sasha plays. <clears throat> I didn't hear one mistake, Sasha. Very good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to continue with our series, and we're going to close it down today. This is going to be the last of our, our series, and again, uh, well, they're, they're getting that set up there, but you're not going to see the normal slide, of course. Um, we're going to see um, creation fact, not theory. That's what the series has been, and uh, we're excited about it. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been a challenge, and as I said last week, uh, we're talking about an area uh, this week and, of course, last week that's um, a little bit different than normal. It's, we're, gonna, we're talking about dinosaurs, and uh, I know it's, it's a Sunday morning, and I say, oh, let's preach, you know, and I, we, we're going to get some of that in, I'm sure, but the reality is, is that we need to understand some things, and as I said last week, there are some questions that, honestly, I don't have the answers to. I don't have every answer. If I did, I wouldn't be standing here. I would be in heaven. I'd be God. Uh, you know, I mean, and he has some uh, secrets, and he has some mysteries that we're not all 100% aware of, but there are a number of things in the Bible, as well as just some, uh, you know, proofs and, and uh, evidence that points to this area, talks about it a little bit, gives us some insights. And, of course, we want to touch on these areas. And we began last week kind of setting the stage. And so we're going to, we're going to kind of maybe a very, very, very brief review today, only in that we're going to kind of, you know, open it up, summarize some things, and then we're going to jump right on in to the rest of the material here today. But, again, I'm glad you're here, and I hope it's interesting to you, and I hope it's a help to you. But um, we don't always use these clickers and and those up there as much as we do today, but that, it's, it's helpful. I think it's helpful, and uh, I think we're a very visual society today, and I don't think there's anything wrong with visuals. I think they're good. I like good, hard preaching. I like my toes getting stepped on. I like somebody that kind of gets up there and goes off a little bit. I like somebody that's passionate about what they believe. Today we're going to do a little more teaching probably than preaching, but I trust that this will be a help to you. Now, <clears throat> again, we're looking at dinosaurs today. They look pretty ugly, but uh, we're going to get started by reading one verse in the passage in the scriptures, Genesis 1-1 again. You know it by heart probably by now. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now we say heaven because it's important. The Bible says heaven. We talked about that last week. There are three heavens now. Uh, when he created, there was only one. And then because of the firmaments that he created and so forth, there were heavens that were put in place. We won't take the time to go into all that again. But we discussed it last week. Now, <clears throat> again, we're discussing, we're discussing dinosaurs today. All right, let's get started. First of all, last week we talked about, and this is our review basically, we talked about the results of a pre-flood canopy. And we said that when that firmament was created, there was water above and below it. And so as a result of that, it created a canopy of water around the earth, which in essence increased air pressure and oxygen levels. It blocked the sun's damaging rays. What's up, brother? It extended life. And uh, it provided a, con a consistent climate. And enhanced growth. We talked about that. We talked about that. I'm, just, I'm glad to see you. All the way from Marietta College, brother. All right, good to have you today. Anyway, we'll see that those are the things that took place. And we said that um, we called it the hydrosphere, just for lack of a better name, the hydrosphere. Okay? As a result of that, again, increased air pressure oxygen levels, blocked the sun rays, sun's damaging rays. It extended life and consistent climate. Enhanced growth seemed to be some of the things that we noted as a result of this, this uh, water canopy that existed. <clears throat> Now, again, the hydrosphere, as we called it, makes sense, and it answers a very serious question that has created problems for scientists through the years. And one of those problems has to do with, uh, interestingly enough, dinosaurs' nostrils and lungs. Um, dinosaur lungs and their nostrils are too small for their body size. That doesn't work. Now, again, we're kind of reviewing. I'm just throwing something a little fun here. But an 80-foot Apatosaurus. There he is. See how cute he is? Next to that guy. That guy's a normal-looking guy. That guy's probably about my size or six foot tall. And this is an 80-foot Apatosaurus. Now, here's the problem. 
Scientists have struggled because dinosaur lungs are small for their body size. Their nostrils are, that, that dinosaur's nostrils are no bigger than a horse's. Now, how are they sucking in enough air to, to meet all the demands of their cellular demands, you know, from oxygen to the cells and all that? Well, again, remember, that canopy we talked about would help significantly in that it doubled the air pressure and it brought about higher oxygen levels. So now they don't have to breathe in as much air in order to function and operate. So when we talked about this uh, water canopy, we really are talking about something that was very practical and it made such a significant difference in light of dinosaurs and, and dealing with them. So in the next few minutes, we're going to start answering some questions. I'm going to pose a few questions, do my best to answer those questions, and see if we can't learn something about dinosaurs and man. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you. <clears throat> Lord, we are grateful for this time together. Lord, there's so many things that we think about and so many questions that we've had through the years. And Lord, honestly, uh, it just seems that the devil has used this issue to somehow discredit the Genesis account. But Lord, we're grateful, Father, that the Word of God and science don't have to be in opposite corners. They really do meet in the middle. And Lord, the reality is, is that the Bible is scientifically accurate. And so, Lord, we're not concerned about that. We're not scared about looking at the truth or finding things that we'll not be able to explain. Lord, there's always going to be things we can't explain. But, Lord, the reality is, is that the Word of God is true, and we believe it. And, Lord, so help us now to, to <clears throat> harmonize, Lord, the Word of God with science today as we look over this issue of dinosaurs. Uh, and we'll thank you. We'll praise you as you give us insight. And, Lord, today, even though we're discussing these issues, we're kind of teaching more than anything, we want you to do a work in hearts. May you confirm in the life of a person here that does not know Christ that you are real. And that, Father, without Jesus Christ, they will perish. They need the Lord Jesus as their Savior, their Lord. That there is an eternity. And that Jesus Christ did die for their sin. And that the only way that they can have their sin forgiven and spend an eternity in heaven is by accepting your Son, Jesus Christ, as their Savior personally. Lord, we'll thank you as you do this work in lives. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so let's answer some questions. Where did dinosaurs come from? <clears throat> That's a big question today. You say, well, I know where they came from. They came from God. Well, in Genesis 1.25, the Bible says, And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. What did the Bible just say? God created them. God created them then. If, if he created all the beasts of the earth, then that would include a dinosaur. Wouldn't it? I mean, I'm just wondering now. I mean, what? They, they, oh, oh, I see. So human beings were created by God, and so were the animals, and yet the dinosaurs just evolved? No, it didn't work that way. Either God created it all, or he didn't create any of it. You can't take part of it and then throw the other half out. Listen, where did dinosaurs come from? If, 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 if a hippopotamus came from God, so did a T-Rex. <laughs> We're cutting through a lot of schooling, aren't we? Well, this is tough. Whoa, 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 preacher, this is getting tough. We haven't even gotten there yet. Wait till you hear some of it. Where did the dinosaurs come from? They came from God. Did dinosaurs live with man? Fred says they did. <clears throat> you know Fred Flintstone, don't you? Yabba dabba doo. <laughs> Isn't that something? I think we skipped on something here. Why did God create dinosaurs before we get to that question? That'd be a, that's a good question, isn't it? Why did God create dinosaurs? Well, I'm going to give you the best answer that I have, okay? Let me start with a question, and then I'm going to give you the answer. Why did God create giraffes and duck-billed platypuses? I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. I really don't know why God created the dinosaurs. I don't. Some people I've read, you know, people say things like, well, you know, uh, dinosaurs expressed the greatness of God and His power and His majesty. What in the world's a T-Rex doing on earth? You know what I mean? What's that supposed to be? 
You know, I understand what they're saying, though. You know, you got that, that big old thing that was, we just looked at 80 feet and its tail swinging around, knocking trees down and stuff. Man, let me tell you something. That's pretty powerful. You know what we have today that they didn't have? Hydraulics. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Anytime I get around something that has major hydraulics, I'm always amazed at the power and the presence of God. I think, man, if this hydraulics that man created is so powerful, think about how powerful God is. Well, you know what, I, maybe that is the reason God created these dinosaurs. And maybe that's the reason why it seems that he alludes to them even in the book of Job, just so that we can somehow get a feel and understand God's power and his significance and his greatness. That's possible. But when it all gets down to it, I told you I'd be honest with you along the way. I really don't know why. I, I can't honestly tell you why. The Bible doesn't tell me why specifically. At least I haven't found it yet. Now we come to this question. Is there any proof that dinosaurs lived at the same time that man did. This is a big one. Now, let's face it, you know, this one's going to rock your world. Because, you know, let's face it, you know, we've been taught, what's the first thing we learn about dinosaurs? What's the first thing you learn about dinosaurs when you go to school as a kindergartner? That they are what? Prehistoric. Before history. You know that that word prehistoric wasn't even in the dictionary? Till just the last 150 years, maybe? A prehistoric. Who made that word up? It was somebody that believed in dinosaurs. <clears throat> and dinosaurs, as we're going to learn here today, didn't even come in, the word didn't even come into existence until 1841. So what we're going to see is, is, that, is that dinosaurs, to answer your question, is there any proof that dinosaurs lived at the same time that man did? Yes. Yes. Well, you never heard about those proofs, did you? No teacher in school ever taught you this. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why they wouldn't even include it, or they wouldn't even intimate, or they wouldn't even, you know, look at the data. I'll tell you why. Because if dinosaurs were created millions of years ago, that's just proof that what? Evolution is true. Huh. Interesting. See, Barney and Fred had it figured out. Look, they're using dinosaurs for their own good. So what's some of the proof? First of all, let me talk about some footprints they found. They found some footprints in the Paluxy River uh, riverbed. It's down there. If you go over to Fort Worth, Texas, you start heading southwest toward Waco, you're going to find a town called Glen Glen Rose, Texas. Now there's a riverbed that runs through the town, and it's called the Paluxy River. In that river, there's a number of layers of limestone, a number of layers. The bottom layer, the bottom of that river is flat. It's very flat. In 1908, uh, the river flooded. It was a very significant flooding, as a matter of fact. It literally tore the bottom of the river up. It ripped off two feet of solid limestone, moved it downstream 20 miles. In the new riverbed that was left, there were freshly exposed uh, uh, tracks. This was in 1908. Freshly exposed tracks, thousands of them, thousands of dinosaur footprints. And uh, there were uh, so many dinosaur footprints there that they made a state park out of it. I'd like to go to that state park sometime. But nonetheless, um, these footprints, they were concerned would erode, let's face it, because limestone is a very soft stone. So over time, they were concerned that as the, the erosion would take place, the, 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 the uh, prints would eventually fade away. So they, they chiseled a number of them up. They chiseled a number of them out. They're in that museum now. I mean a bunch of them. And they're in museums around, really, around the United States, so forth. But even though that limestone's very soft, if you'd go there today, you'd still find these dinosaur footprints. But you know what else you'd find? Human footprints. you'd find human footprints with those dinosaur footprints. Now people say, well, wait a second. Okay, yeah, I understand what you're saying. That, that's for sure. I mean, because we, we know there were cavemen at some point, right? But no, 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 that's not the issue. Remember, we talked about those different levels of, of limestone, different levels, of uh, uh, layers of uh, sediment that build up, and we can date back millions and millions of years based on the level of sediment. Well, remember, the riverbed was washed away, and now there's this level. They're all on the same level, and for some reason, dinosaur tracks and human tracks are on the same level. That doesn't make sense. See, dinosaur tracks and human prints are found together. As a matter of fact, they've even had prints where the dinosaur print was over top of the human one. 
Someone says, well, that's a fake. Somebody made that. Well, it's amazing to me. They've, they've done hundreds and thousands of x-rays on certain ones of these that they dug up, and they found them to be authentic. Now, how in the world did a dinosaur track cover up a human track? Unless dinosaurs and humans lived together. I know it's going against everything you ever learned in your life. And you know what the temptation was as Christians is to say, oh, there couldn't have been dinosaurs. The devil must have planted those bones. No, those bones are real. Oh, they're there. I mean, you can't get around it. I mean, you, I mean there are thousands. I remember we said, literally, I mean, they found oh, mammoths that were literally frozen. I mean, just, just like in place. I mean, it, it's legit. I mean, dinosaurs are real. They, they did indeed exist. When is the key, though? When did they exist? I mean, we already talked about it, the fact that God created them. So when did God create them? Did he create them 200 million years before mankind? We'll talk about a little bit of that. Now, again, footprints. Footprints are a good, a good uh, um, evidence that dinosaurs and humans live together. There's another evidence that I found was very intriguing, very interesting. First of all, this lady's name is Mary Anning. She lived between 1799 and 1847. The dates are very important, mind you. 1799, this is basically 1800, to 1847. She's one of the greatest British fossil collectors who've ever lived. You won't find much about her because in those days, women didn't have a lot to say about anything. I'm just going to be honest with you. Matter of fact, they wouldn't include her in any society. She wasn't allowed to be a part of any archaeological associations or anything. And yet she was considered today, and then even, a very renowned, uh, renowned fossil collector. Matter of fact, she, she found the first recorded ichthyosaurus at Lyme Regis. And in later years, found the first near-complete plesiosaur, plesiosaur and first British specimen of a flying reptile. Hold on. Remember what I told you? It's not really so much how I pronounce them that matters. But what I want you to see is that Mary Anning found the first recorded. I want you to notice the dates here. Now, this is very important. She found these. Now, I, I want you to realize that, the, I mean, you, you can read certain things in certain science digests that say, well, you know, 800 years they found one bone, or 800 years ago they found this, or they found that. But you will not find where they put it together and made dinosaurs out of them till the mid-1800s. So nobody even knew about dinosaurs. As a matter of fact, as I mentioned already, uh, the word uh, dinosaur wasn't even used until 1841. So they were very, there was very little known about dinosaurs up to that point, the mid-1800s, which was only, what, 150, 160 years ago. Hold on. This is interesting to me. Very interesting. We're saying now that dinosaurs were not part of our culture, were not part of human culture virtually, at least as far as we understand them today, until the mid-1800s. And yet, this is interesting to me, what's that thing look like there in the middle of that? You know, that almost looks like a dinosaur to me. It looks like a stegosaurus. And yet this stone tablet was found in Cambodia, and it's estimated to be 800 years old. Now, if they hadn't dug up these bones, if they hadn't figured out what dinosaurs were, how in the world did they know what that looked like? Did they just make it up as they went? Just got lucky? Uh-uh. I don't think so. That carving is in the late 12th century, early 13th. Hold on. Oh, wait a second. Here's some Ica stones or Ica stones. They're from the Inca, Inca Peru. Now, now, I really want you to see these pictures. They're very important. But the Inca civilization existed between 14 and 15 AD, 1500 AD. How do we explain these if dinosaurs went extinct millions of years ago, and they were only rediscovered in 1850. Wait a second. That's a, tri uh, a tri triceratop. Right, look at that thing. That is a dinosaur. I don't care what you call it. That right there is a dinosaur. And over here we got the same thing. That almost looks like a T-Rex. I mean, it's strikingly similar to the drawings of dinosaurs today and the bone structures that we've now found. Hold on, remember, we didn't dig these up till the mid-1800s. So how in the world did they know so much about them? How they come so close? There are literally thousands and thousands of these drawings. 
This isn't just one or two of them. We're talking about thousands of them. Look at this one. This guy's riding it. Now that would have been a rodeo. Again, scores of these images are recorded on stone. That, that is clearly, I, I don't know of anything that looks like that today that's that large. That's a dinosaur. I don't know. At least it looks like it to me. Now, how's this happen? How's that working? See, if God created dinosaurs and they existed before the flood, then let's face it, Noah had to have taken them on the ark. Because he took two of every one of them and seven of the clean. Dinosaurs were certainly unclean. But nonetheless, he took them. How did he do that? I don't know. Maybe he took them as infants, little baby ones. He didn't have to take T-Rex in his full size, I guess. I'd taken a small one. <laughs> when he got off the ark, he could do what he's got to do and procreate. But at the time being, I'm not taking one of them big ones with me. But listen, you have to ask yourself a question. We talked about how old's the earth? Is it really millions and billions and trillions of years old, like the, uh, so to speak? Or is it literally thousands? Did God create or didn't he create dinosaurs? If he created all things, then he must have. You say, well, they must have lived before he created the earth. Well, where'd they live then? You understand what I'm saying? It, you, you have to ask yourself some tough questions now. You have to ask yourself, when it's all said and done, who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe evolutionists? Am I going to believe what the Bible says? Am I going to take everything, my worldview, from the context of the Word of God? Or am I going to base my worldview on science and what they claim to be truth from their perspective? Those are tough decisions, tough questions. I don't think they're that hard. But unfortunately, we do. We've been so inundated and so indoctrinated with the world's philosophy that this is extremely foreign. And it really makes, it's really hard to believe even at some points. So let's talk about another thing. We've seen some footprints that existed. We noted some um, drawings of ancient civilizations. But I want you to talk about this principle and this thought for a minute. <clears throat> I think death's a very important factor in all this. You say, what do you mean, death? Well, first of all, in Romans chapter 12, uh, 5, notice what it says. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the, earth, uh, the world. But you know what? As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by what? Sin. Death by what? Sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all sin. So you mean before there was... Before there was sin, or before Adam sinned, there was no death. So the verse tells us. Now that's interesting, because the Bible goes on in 1 Corinthians, it says, For as in Adam, what? All die. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So the Bible teaches us that sin brought about death, and that sin, that sin was Adam's sin. It was Adam's sin that brought death. Now here's the thing. And, and I don't know, you know, you say, well, you're getting, a little bit, you're getting a little bit technical here. You're drawing some fine lines. No, I'm just going to draw them what God does. The Bible says that when sin entered the world, death came. We know what that sin was because Corinthians tells us that in Adam all die. Not just humans, but everything dies. Even our world, according to Romans chapter 8, it groans, hurts. <clears throat> all these floods and all these different... Uh, Natural disasters are a direct result of what? Sin. And the effect that it has on our earth itself, the world. Hold on. The Bible teaches us then that before Adam sinned, there was no death. Therefore, if dinosaurs lived 200 million years ago and died and became extinct, then God's word isn't true. So it says, you really believe that dinosaurs live with men? I have to because the Bible teaches me that before Adam sinned, there was no death. And therefore, since dinosaurs died, it had to be after the death of Adam. After the sin of Adam, excuse me. You lost me, preacher. <laughs> no, I hope not. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And again, for as in Adam all die. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The Bible teaches us that sin brought about death, and that sin that brought about death was Adam's. There you go. Pretty simple. 
Someone says, yeah, but that doesn't fit. Because, why? Because the world's 200, because, because the earth or the universe is, what, 18 billion years old? Is that why it doesn't fit? It doesn't fit and doesn't make sense because dinosaurs lived 200 million years ago or became extinct around anywhere from 200 to 70 million years ago. Is that, is that why? Hold on. Now what we're doing now is we're, we're stepping outside the Bible then. And we're saying that science knows more than what God's word teaches. That death is not a result of Adam's sin. Just our human deaths. Well, that doesn't make sense because there have been a, that doesn't make any sense at all to me because animals were living until Adam sinned too. Death came because of sin, not just death to humans. So we see this very simple principle, okay? And I think it's one of the biggest and one of the best proofs of all, if you ask me, because it's rooted in the Bible completely. So someone says, Preacher, do you really believe that dinosaurs lived with man or they walked on the earth with men? I'd say, yeah, because of footprints. Yeah, because of the drawings of ancient civilizations and the fact that they, haven't even, they didn't even know what dinosaurs were until 1840 or 1850. And number three, yes, because of the, this death issue, without a doubt. Are there other reasons? Yeah, there probably are, but these are three of the main reasons. Now, how did dinosaurs get so big? How did they get so big? That, that's a good question, too. Now, I just, I know some of you are standing there going, Is it time for lunch yet? No. <laughs> yeah, we're having T-Rex burgers. How, I found one in my backyard yesterday. But anyway, how did dinosaurs get so big? It's hard to see this, but that's a little guy back here. Oh, wait, I got this little pointer now. I forgot. That's a guy right there. Look at these guys, T-Rex. This guy right here. He's cute, isn't he? He'd bite his head off, though, if he gave him a chance. So anyway, you have these big dinosaurs. Now listen, they're big. Now what did we talk about? And interestingly enough, didn't we say that before the flood, a lot of things were bigger? We did, didn't we? So even man was bigger, we, we believe. There were a number of men that were bigger, a number of women that were bigger. There was nothing that says they weren't. Remember, they, they found skeletons between 10 and 12 feet tall, and some even bigger than that. But sometimes, you know, we've got to be careful because we don't want to step outside of the realm of common sense to some degree. I mean, uh, somebody says, well, we found a 30-some foot skeleton of a man. I, I look at that and I think, come on now. Come on. And then you read up on it. I don't just say things because I read them. I have to look at them and then double check to make sure that they're legit, or at least that there's some scientific evidence to prove it. Listen, I, what they do know, and what we do know without a doubt, is that there were skeletons that are easily between 10 and 12 feet. You don't read about that again in your books or in your, your, your science books. Because that, that doesn't make sense to us. Because, see, man is supposed to be evolving upward, not downward. Isn't that interesting? Think about it. I can't imagine being 12 foot tall and playing basketball. I'd be a superstar. I could dunk from the mid-court mid, mid, uh, line. I mean, it would be amazing. I'd be considered a phenom. Hey, mankind's not growing better. They're growing worse. Physically, spiritually, in every aspect. We're going down. We're digressing, not doing better. Again, how did dinosaurs get so big? We've kind of touched on this a little bit. Let's talk about it. Number one, this is interesting too. They never stopped growing from the time they hatch until the time they die. You say, what? What are you talking about? Well, <clears throat> Kelly Seagraves, the author of, of the book, The Great Dinosaur Mistake, points out three things that explain the growth of dinosaurs. Number one, he said that they never stopped growing from the time they hatch until the time they die. See, what his point is, is that dinosaurs are reptiles. And, and if you look at the definition of dinosaurs, you'll find that they are, they are designated as reptiles. Reptiles continue to grow as long as they live. That's interesting. And that really is very important. Think about it with me for a moment. If, well, I don't want to go there yet. I'm just going to give you that. They never stop growing from the time they hatch until the time they die. Look at that cute little dinosaur. Isn't he cute? Mama. <laughs> Number two, they eat lush vegetation with the trace elements and minerals in their proper balance. And we talked about that now. 
Again, what did we learn about that canopy? That it created double the air pressure. It also heightened the oxygen levels. We said that it created a climate that was consistent virtually around the globe. That's why you find <clears throat> you find um, thousands of these um, huge elephants. What were they called, brother? Mastodons and mammoths. Woolly mammoths. I like that woolly. There they are up there. You can't, you can't live on ice because there wasn't always ice up there. Now, at one point, the world had this lush vegetation everywhere. And we said plants grew to be 20, 30, 40 feet high. And, and, and other insects and different animals also were uh, prone to gi- giganticize or gigantism, they call it, or something. So we saw that to be the case. And also, remember that the, the water now, we're not getting any rain. I didn't tell you about this, but there's no rain. There's water above the ferment, water below. What's happening is, is that the water is coming up through the ground and saturating the plant life. It's not being poured down on it, then having to seep down into the soil, then into the roots. It's literally coming up from. So they're being fed directly now, too. These plants are growing enormous. Animals, humans, insects, a lot of them were larger than they are today, without doubt, from the different fossils that we've seen uh, through history. Now, again, they ate this lush vegetation, and it was part of the uh, pre-flood environment. Number three, they live longer, given the fact that men live longer. I mean, if men and women are living up to 900 years of age before the flood, which is recorded, of course, we talked about that last week, then that means that more than likely animals did, too. Insects did, and probably because of the environment, so did dinosaurs, right? Oh, it makes sense to me. If a human lives 900 years, are you telling me that a dog only lived, you know, 8, 10 years? No, because of the environment that they were in, just like the, it affected the human body, the human, uh, 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 you know, uh, st- cellular structure, it affected animals, dinosaurs, insects, fish, everything else equally. So they lived longer as well. Now again, the Komodo dragon, the Komodo dragon is one of the largest dragons in the world today. It, it's, a, it's, it's, it's basically, it's a, um, a lizard, a reptile I should say really, and it reaches 10 feet. The Komodo dragon as it's called, lives for 30 to 60 years. The female lives approximately 32 years. Men drive her nuts. That's why she can't continue to live. And then the men, the, the, the guys, they live till about anywhere from 30 to 60 years, sometimes as much as double from the ladies do. Uh, so anyway, we have this lifespan. Let's just assume for just a moment that the lifespan was 60 years for a Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon grows to 10 feet in its lifetime. Now, let's say that it lives 10 times longer. It lives 600 years now, which man lived a lot longer than that. I mean, we, we lived 70 years, and that would be 700. We lived over 900 then. So let's just assume very, very cautiously that they only grew, uh, lived 10 times longer. So you're talking anywhere from 300 to 7. Now, the ladies grow to 7 feet, and they only live 32 years. The men grow upwards of 9 to 10 feet. And they live anywhere from, you know, 30 to 60, which they don't all get to 60. So let's just times 10 that. Take a 10-footer times 10. That's a pretty big reptile. That, That wouldn't be a very friendly guy. Do you know that these things eat people? They eat people now. Can you imagine how big their mouth would be and how much food they could consume? I'm just saying, you want to talk about a dinosaur, that thing would be a pretty wicked-looking dinosaur if it grew to 10 times bigger than it is. They grow now upwards of three to 500 pounds. I don't know about you, but that would be a pretty big thing. Now, again, that's just one of the things that we see. So, three reasons. Kelly Seagrave, the author of The Great Dinosaur Mistake, says they never stopped growing from the time they hatch until the time they die. They ate lush vegetation with the trace elements and minerals in a proper balance. They lived longer, given the fact that man lived longer. And again, we see this potential 
problem there with the Komodo dragon. Now, let's ask another question. What happened to dinosaurs then? Okay, if dinosaurs were actually on the earth pre-flood, Noah puts them on the ark, brings them to the new world, what happened to them? Why don't we have brontosauruses and stegosauruses and T-Rexes and stuff running around today? Why not? Well, let's ask that question. Let's answer it. First of all, we noted the, the canopy. We talked about that already, right? Radiation was now getting in. There's no canopy now. The sun's harmful rays are reaching the earth now, affecting humans, affecting Insects affecting animals, affecting even dinosaurs. Air pressure decreased. means less oxygen now. The climate changed, thus their environment's upset. Everything's different now. Remember, the canopy created a constant, continual climate. Matter of fact, it bred a climate that enabled the vegetation to grow exceedingly and, and just all of those things we talked about. Again, a lack of vegetation due to the greater seasonal swings in the climate that affected them. And their lifespan decreased. Their lifespan decreased. I don't want to go there yet. So there we go. Five things already. Again, now remember, what happened, what happened immediately when the canopy disappeared after the flood? What happened to man's lifespan? It dropped in half immediately, even even more than half. It dropped to 400 years. Now people are only living into their 400s. Remember Shem, he, he's, he, he lives on in. He lives to be 500 years old or something like that. But he was pre-flood and then he lives past. Can you imagine Abraham had a chance to talk to Shem? Wouldn't that have been cool? Abraham in the Bible could have talked to Shem. He was alive at the same time. But their ages began to change significantly. Abraham lived to be 175. Okay, Shem lived to be what, 600, almost uh, 500 and, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but <clears throat> he lived to be quite old. Now watch, these things took place, these things happened. That affected dinosaurs immensely. And then finally, here's another one that you may or may not have thought about, maybe you did. They were likely hunted for food and sport. Okay, now remember, they're not growing as big as they were because we have some problems now with the food. Problems with the sun, problems with the, the, the climate, problems with the, the uh, oxygen levels. Remember that big, big dinosaur that was 80 feet long, had nostrils the size of a horse, lungs the size, you know, smaller than needed? Guess what? That, that dinosaur is going to struggle to continue because it's not going to have the same environment that it had. Also, a number of others. Now, it's hard to see this. I know it's very difficult to see that one. I want you to see this picture real quick. It's kind of neat. Look at this picture. Now, I know it's still hard to see, but this is a second century mosaic. These are Ethiopians, and they're pursuing what appears to be a dinosaur. These letters right there at the top, Crocodilopardalis, literally translate crocodile leopard that's a big crocodile big leopard now again one could surmise and it does make perfect sense it looks very much like a dinosaur <clears throat> what are they doing to that dinosaur they're hunting it whether for game or whether for sport they're hunting it now i don't know about you but the bible tells us that nimrod was a great hunter maybe even nimrod Back in the Old Testament, prior to the flood, maybe he even hunted dinosaurs. He's a great hunter. I'm just saying, you, you say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know, and neither does 18 billion years. And our world coming from zero, nothing. Where did it come from? Well, it just happened. There was a bang one day. Well, where did the bang come from? There's no trigger. I'm just saying, it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying today that... Past cultures believed in dinosaurs. Past cultures drew dinosaurs on cave walls. They recorded for us what they did with them. They hunted them. <laughs> they rode them. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. Where did they come from? 1841 is the first time the word dinosaur was ever used. You say, this is ridiculous. This makes no sense. You tell me that evolution makes sense. I believe, I believe without a doubt that dinosaurs walked the earth with men. I do. I believe they did. I believe they did. I just have no doubt of that. I believe that the devil is a good liar. See, he couldn't fool Adam about these dinosaurs because Adam named them. He couldn't fool Noah because Noah put them on the ark and fed them every day. And the devil, he couldn't fool people for hundreds and even thousands of years because dinosaurs hung around. Now, they weren't hanging around at the rate that they did prior to the flood. There wasn't as many of them as there used to be. Obviously, there were thousands and thousands that were immediately buried. Listen, you'll never find, you will not find any dinosaur bones that are fossilized after the flood. They rotted like everybody else's do. But before that flood, remember, they were covered quickly, oxygen deprived, and they were left there alone to to turn into fossils for us. We see these dinosaurs buried, so to speak, alive by the thousands. They existed, without a doubt. A thousand years ago, you could have seen a dinosaur. All you have to do is look at the drawings on walls and caves all around the world. But you know what? Those dinosaurs became less and less of an issue. They started dying off. Why'd they die off? We already talked about the change of their environment. The radiation was getting in, the climate change, the lack of vegetation. Their lifespan started to shorten. And then we said they were even being hunted, possibly for sport even. They're, they're dying by the thousands. They're going away as we speak, so to sp- if you will. 200 years ago, bones are found of dinosaurs. For 500 years, 1,000 years now, Dinosaurs have become less and less visible. I mean, there's hardly any left now, mind you. And all of a sudden, we find dinosaur bones. You don't know about them. I don't know about them. You never saw one. I never saw one. So obviously, when some scientist tells me they must have lived 250 million years ago, I've got to believe him because I never saw one. They have to be extinct. I believe the devil's lying to a lot of people. And here's the thing. If he can get us to believe, if he can tell us that dinosaurs lived millions of years ago, then you know what he did in essence? He says, Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is not true. That's all there is to it. That's as simple as it is. I I don't know how else to say it. And again, someone says, well, you know, you ought to leave the science to the science to scientists, and you preachers ought to just preach the Bible. I just preach the Bible to you. The question is, will you believe it? I'm telling you that there's no death according to the Bible. I just read it out of the Word of God, that there was no death till Adam. And if dinosaurs lived 250 million years ago, then that passage is not true. And again, don't you understand what's going on here? Listen, go, go ahead. Look it up for yourself. Find it for yourself. Do your own research. What you're going to find is there are sightings of dinosaurs on a regular basis. At least years and years ago. They are less and less all the time. Why? Because there's nowhere for them to go. What are they going to do? Live on the corner of your street? Where in the world are they going to find food? How are they going to survive? They can't. You go down to the Congo, down the jungle down there in Africa, you may be surprised what you'd find floating around some of those 200-foot wide rivers that they have flown through there. Like I say, we've talked about it already, and I don't have time to go into all of that. Uh, but we've noted already that they've found things that were supposed to be extinct that aren't, any, that aren't extinct. So there's a number of reasons to believe this. The bottom line is that in the beginning, God created everything. And if he did, then that means he created dinosaurs too. And when did he create them? It's recorded in Genesis. That's the same time he created everything else. And if you don't believe that the creative days are 24 hours, then again, you're disregarding the scriptures again. They are not ages and they're not millions and millions of years or billions of years of long. We've already discussed that last week. We don't have time to go through it again. But I am, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the least bit intimidated by someone that tells me dinosaurs lived 250 million years ago. 
Doesn't bother me a bit. That's the same person that believes we came from nothing. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't believe that. Even if I didn't believe in God, I'd have a hard time believing that because that goes against all common sense. Well, where do you stand with God today? Now, again, you, you go ahead and figure this out on your own. Take your time. Deal with it. I got a ton of questions still. I got a ton of questions. And you're going to have a ton of them too. But where do you stand with the Lord today? I mean, we, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. He created it. If I believe that statement, then I have to say I believe this book. And you know what this book says? This book says that not only did he create the heaven and the earth, he created you. And then the Bible says that one day you, being a creation of God, will give an account to your creator. And every single thing that's recorded in this book is for you, so that you can know the God who created you. I wonder today, how are you doing with the book? How much of this do you, how much time do you spend learning this book? Because in the end, you are going to give an account for that. You say, but I'm extremely busy today. I've got so much to do with my family, my friends. I'm ramming and running. I've got work. I've got responsibilities. I know, but hold on. The first thing is, in the beginning, God created. You know what he created? You. There's nothing more important than him, then, in your life. He's your creator. More important than your husband ought to be God. More important than your wife ought to be God. More important than your children ought to be God. Because without him, you have none of it. You say, are you going to give us a guilt trip now? I hope so. I hope so. Because in the end, one day you'll thank me for the guilt trip if it causes you to change your priorities. Because every one of us will stand down there one day. Stand down there, would you, for me, brother? There he is. Just get down there. And God's going to be on his throne. He's going to look down, and you're going to give an account for what you did with your life. I don't know about you. I hate the thought of spending it neglecting God and having to stand there in His presence realizing that I said no to Him and that I neglected His Word and I neglected His grace and His mercy. You're lost today. You don't know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. I want you to know that that same God that created all these creatures created you and He wants you to be part of His family You are not part of his family yet, whether you believe you are or not. We are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. No faith in Christ Jesus, no part of the family. He said to the the, uh, scribes and the Pharisees, You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. Let me tell you something. When we're created, we are created in another family other than God's. That's why we have to come to Christ. That's why we have to acknowledge his his sacrifice on the cross. That's why we have to receive him and accept him as our Savior. And today I want you to do that before you leave. More than that, he wants you to do that. He wants you to. Say, I don't believe what you said about dinosaurs. I don't even care. You can have a seat. What I do care is that you say today that there's a God in heaven that loved me enough to die on the cross to pay for my sins. And then say, I'm willing to accept what he did as payment. You need to settle that first. Won't you come settle it today? And if you're a child of God, let's make this book important in our life. It shares with us who he is. He deserves our best today. Father, we come to you. We thank you for the time that you've given us to spend today. Very simple. We just took some time to, to kick around some questions. To think about some things. To get our mind turning. To really... Um, I don't know, Lord, just to maybe see things from a perspective, Lord, that is quite different than what we've been taught through the years. Father, I know in my own life, uh, the first thing I learned is that these creatures are prehistoric, that they lived before time. But, Lord, there is no time without you. And, Lord, there's no truth outside of your word. That word is truth. 
Father, help us, Lord, to believe your word. Now, Lord, there may be somebody in our midst today that's lost without Christ. They don't know if they died, whether or not they'd spend eternity in heaven or whether they'd spend it in hell. But, Lord, you can settle that for them. Your word is true. Your promises are sure. Right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder today. I wonder if there's anyone say, Preacher, honestly, I don't know for sure if, if I'd go to heaven if I died. I don't have that settled. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really know anything about these dinosaurs. And you know what? That's okay. But you do believe the Bible, don't you? Maybe you're still trying to figure it out and you've got a number of questions. That's all right. But you do believe the Bible, don't you? And if you do, I want you to know the Word of God is true and that He will gladly forgive you, save you, and take you to heaven. Preacher, I don't have it settled. I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Please pray for me. With an uplifted hand, would you let me pray with you, for you? I don't have it settled. I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. You're a child of God. How's the Word of God in your life? Do you spend time reading it, mulling over it, studying it, memorizing it? Do you? I hope you do, because we're all going to give an account to Him one day. Father, come even now, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Do what only you can. Lord, we try to have a good time in your house. But Lord, it's a very serious time now. Lord, may you be with your children and help us, Lord, just to put priority on the word of God and on the things of Christ. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. will not take long, so let's move quickly. Music plays. The child of God and the word of God is kind of been neglected in my life it's been neglected I don't read it much I don't study it I, I, I don't read other books about it I, I don't memorize it well when we stand before the Lord the word of God will be the judge you say well Christ will I know but Jesus is the word we've got we to know this book We've got to settle it. We've got to know it. That's simple.